0: Like for us, technology is something outside of us. But our kids were born into this world. It's all that they know. And it is where social connection is happening. And so to just say, you know, no social media or get your kids off social media altogether is really just setting us up for number one, secrets, number two, conflict, and number three, an inability to parent what they are seeing online. Welcome to an
1: all-new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Oh, and they are
2: ever-changing, Heidi.
1: Are they not? <laughs> they are, every moment of every day. Uh,
2: especially today. Today's episode, it's a doozy. And I would say that our intro really kind of leans into what we're going to talk about today in the most perfect way. I think as parents of young children, Heidi, both you and I, I know we're always very concerned about the implications of social media on our kids and how to best navigate it. I mean, I can say that my kids are already asking to be social with their video games. So spoiler alert,
1: it's been a hard no for me, but what are you you grappling with? Anything yet? I mean, I may have mentioned it on an old episode, like touched on it, I can't remember. It may have been offline, but we went to a party in the city and the little girls, it was like a family party and the little girls kind of disappeared, but we don't ever think anything of it because they've been besties, you know, since birth. And it was time to go. And I found them in their parents' bedroom with a ring light and a tripod. And they were doing videos for TikTok. And they're seven. And I I was like,
2: daughter does them all the time. Like, she's always (laughs) doing TikTok dances. When her girlfriends and her have sleepovers, that's all they do. They do little TikTok dances.
1: For me, I'm like, who's watching this? Like, what pedophiles? Like, what? what No, 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 no.
2: That's what I wonder too. And, and Heidi, the other day, a girlfriend of mine here in this area, her daughter has TikTok, which I don't, not going to judge, but I guess I am judging. Um, <laughs> I think she's young. And to have her own, like yeah, what? Yeah. Like it's one thing for like, like you know, Mason will sometimes like to pop on and make a, a cameo. And he actually oh. asked me if he could do a YouTube channel of his like gaming. <sighs> and I was like, we could talk about it, but like, that's also different than TikTok he wants to like demonstrate a skill
1: my kids were like doing a dance um no I'm sorry they were actually creating yoga videos and they were like mommy and when we're done you're gonna post them to Instagram
2: that oh, <laughs> really, I mean, that's them yeah. watching us mm-hmm. oh but my my girlfriend's daughter who I was talking about like so of course I had to like follow her thing because I yeah. was like I want to keep an eye on her and I saw her lip singing to a, a song with not good lyrics. Like bad, bad lyrics. And yeah. I was like, dude, you're, I think she's like nine? Nine. Mm. Yeah. That is the question. Who's watching that? That's yeah. what scares me. So that scares me. And I think mm-hmm. the scariest stuff, like the dangerous TikTok trends, Heidi, that of course we've talked so much about yeah. because you're a victim of one
1: of them. Mm-hmm. It's just around the corner
2: for us all, at least to grapple with, right? Well, that's the
1: scary part, right? It's like the gateway drug is like, yeah. oh mommy, let me do a video for you. And then it's like, what does it jump to? And then they want their own. And then it goes to this. And then it's the TikTok trends. So right. close.
2: It's yeah, it's uh breath away. And you know what's funny though, I will say this. Mason and I are at the age where I'll be singing like a trending sound. Like the other day I was like, it's corn. Like, you know, that song that was like everywhere and Mason finished, you don't know it. It was like everywhere, yeah. but like probably six months ago. It's like old now. Okay. It's corn. It's, da, 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 da. it's got the juice. It's got the juice. It was, <laughs> look it up. It's like the most, yeah. viral. it was the most viral. I started singing it, humming it mm-hmm. and Mason finished the lyrics. And That's I was like, cute. oh my God, we're at an age where we both know. He just knows it because his friends sing it. Uh-huh. And it's like, but we're there. I think the point is we're knock, knock, knocking on TikTok's door. And it's
1: yeah. scary. It's scary. So
2: I know there's lots of moms who listen to our show and also people who aren't necessarily moms, but maybe they're just interested and concerned on how to use social media responsibly. Like we all want to be do better to bring up a better generation after us. So today's show is for all of you. Kiva Schuler is the founder and CEO of the Jai Institute for Parenting, which teaches parents how to raise emotionally healthy children without compromising limits boundaries, and values. As the author of the acclaimed book, The Peaceful Parenting Revolution, she's become a beacon of wisdom and guidance for parents seeking a more harmonious approach. Fueled by her own childhood scars, she made a solemn promise at 16 to break the cycle, dedicating herself to nurturing her own children with unwavering love. A seasoned entrepreneur, Kiva's expertise in marketing and sales brings authenticity and integrity to her transformative work, making her a sought after mentor, speaker, and coach. Her journey from a high-powered executive to a devoted seeker led her to bridge the spiritual and practical worlds, inspiring changemakers and guiding fellow seekers towards transformation.
1: Listen to this show if you're a concerned parent venturing into the realm of social media with your kids, yearning to gain expert guidance and practical strategies to navigate this digital landscape... You've noticed behavior issues arising from your children's social media use and are seeking expert advice and effective approaches to address and skillfully navigate these challenges, or you're determined to be a vigilant parent, staying one step ahead of perilous trends on social media by gaining valuable insights and tips to protect your kids.
2: All right, Kiva, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. I love this topic a lot. I love this topic a lot too. And thank you for joining us even on your summer vacation. Like, I mean, I'm really jealous. You're sitting in P Town in Massachusetts, the most like delightful, charming place.
0: It's like living in the Wizard of Oz, you know, kind of 2020 style.
2: Well, you can go enjoy that afterwards while the rest of us, I don't know, sit at home and way more boring digs. But let's jump in. I know a lot of people are really excited to hear this conversation, myself included, because I don't know if excited is a good word. Terrified? Terrified is a good word. I'm terrified to have this conversation on a daily basis, so much so that I sometimes ignore it because i'm so scared to approach it which doesn't feel like the right answer. So we're going to get into the whole conversation around, you know, what we framed up in the beginning, but before we get there, can i just dig in a little bit to the to the Institute for Parenting? Like i want to understand what inspired you in particular to take this path. Obviously Heidi and i are moms. I have two kids, Heidi has three kids. I think it's genius. I think we could all benefit from coaching, I think most of us systematize the rest of our life, but when it comes to parenting, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. So take us back. How did this start and why do you think it's been so successful?
0: It actually started when I was 16 years old. I have a half-brother who's eight years younger than me, and his mom was incredibly strict, punitive, erratic. You know, Something that was cute on Tuesday would get him locked in the bathroom for an hour on Thursday. And one day I was sitting on his bed and she had his little head over the sink and was putting soap in his mouth and then had Tabasco to just really you know, heighten the level. Yeah, it was awful. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. He's six. He's not doing anything beyond what we would expect a six year old to do. And when I become a parent, I'm going to do whatever it takes To do it fairly and that was exactly my word because it all felt so unfair and so flash forward you know 20 years whatever i have my own kids i'm already a life coach i have a degree in psychology and i am not living up to that standard um kids have a way of bringing up our stuff demonstrating our worst selves and i just thought this isn't it you know i can't be hypocritical in my commitment and that promise that I made to myself. And so that set me off on a journey of interviewing different peaceful parenting experts. And because I was a coach already and understood adult behavior change, I had this kind of epiphany that in order to really actually change this, adults were going to need coaching. We can't change entrenched reactive patterns of behavior without support, accountability, compassion, and empathy. And so here we are, you know, 12 years later, we've trained over a thousand parenting coaches all over the world in an effective curriculum that is like changing kids' lives. And it it makes me want to cry.
2: That's amazing. I would imagine also just like it being data led because it's like my husband and I have two different parenting styles. He's very strict, but because he's trying to make the best possible kids and it's how he was parented. His parents were off the boat from Germany, so he's doing the best he knows how. I sometimes disagree, but he thinks I'm too permissive. So I would like love someone to tell us not not like who's right, but like yeah. what is right because I but think who's I'm... right, but who's right? And James who's right, actually, who's right?
0: <laughs> actually just tell me i'm
2: right. <laughs> Here's the thing, i know i'm not right. If it were up to me, the yeah. inmates would be running the asylum. Uh-huh. No, and if it were up to him, i think our kids wouldn't be so so carefree as i think children should be. So i yeah. think there's a happy medium, but like i don't know what it is, you know? I'm,
0: yeah. I just I mean, i think that, you know, we're seeing more and more more and more pediatricians, traditional mental health practitioners, educators, become parenting coaches at the Jai Institute for Parenting. And it's because our curriculum is evidence-based. We look at the research. We dig into brain science and child development. The thing is that traditional parenting strategies that use fear and control and manipulation to modify behavior in children are effective, right? Like if if you're going to get whacked, If you don't clean your room, you're probably gonna clean your room. And so, what we really have parents examine is the consequences of that. Are we really interested in raising children who are compliant in the name of authority, who are driven by an adverse, you know, by wanting to stay away from fear and pain and feeling misunderstood? Because what that actually means is when kids get older and they get in trouble, which they will they're going to run away from us instead of toward toward us in the moments that you know quite frankly can be about their life so the education is really important and to your point the answer is somewhere in the middle right peaceful parenting is not permissive parenting we have rules we have boundaries we set limits we have expectations We just use consistent communication and values-led leadership to replace strategies that cause children emotional wounding, stress hormones in their body, increased cortisol, which inhibits their brain development. I mean, I could go on about the science all day.
2: Well, I think we could, too, and that's probably another episode, so we need Mm -hmm. you to come back. But let's jump in topically today because I I know we really need to get granular here. I want to talk about the world of kids and social media. I do, like I said before, find it the most terrifying topic ever just because the world, I can control my kids or at least kind of what goes on in my house, but I can't control the input that's coming in from the world. So as a mom of kids who are kind of just at that age, they're lately starting to ask to be social online, mostly through video games. They're like, but it's just with my friends. And I'm like, I don't know who's out there on the big scary internet. I want to understand a bit. I, I know that you have a bit of what we might call an unpopular opinion.
0: Care to share? I think that the idea that we can keep our children away from where their lives are being lived meaning where their peers are where connection is happening is kind of a fool's errand. Um this is the world that we live in and you know I know families that have like tried, you know, no digital media, no devices and what happens with those kids it's almost like there's a increased interest and attraction and almost a hiding that takes place right when they go to their friend's house they're like let me get on Instagram. And then we have no capacity for knowing what they're seeing, who they're talking to, because they're hiding it. So I really advise parents to acknowledge that we live in a digital age, to understand that technology has evolved over the course of our lifetime, right? Like I'm 50 years old. My mom still tells me the story about the first time she got a television and all her neighbors came over and they're like, oh! And then I remember the first time I turned on my computer and it looked like a television. (gasps) And then remember when Steve Jobs did that thing with the first iPhone and he made it bigger and we were all like, what? Like for us, technology is something outside of us. But our kids were born into this world. It's all that they know. And it is where social connection is happening. And so to just say, you know, no social media, get your kids off, social media altogether is really just setting this up for number one, secrets, number two, conflict, and number three, an inability to parent what they are seeing online. It's funny. I actually had this
1: discussion at I, I'm a part of a book group, and that can we read a book called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, and it's about gamers, and the, you know, like so, social media came up, and y- like the gaming world versus the real world, and it was you know, it's one of the book club books in the circuit, and so this whole conversation came up, and everybody had kids of different ages, and you know, some of them shared your opinion, and then of course I voiced the opinion that I'm like, but but in that, what was that thing we watched? Social experiment, the social experiment. And every single person who had anything to do with creation of any of these social medias did not allow their children to use them. And it's just so damaging. And so there were a few people that keep their kids off social, but to your point, it's like, you know, then what are they doing when they're at their friends' houses? And my kids have the least amount of screen time of anyone I know. But I do it because then when I need, like they're home from school this week. So I had to shoot and I said, you guys get your iPads, not a peep, not a yeah. peep. They don't move. And it's like, I kind of like that. If it's like yeah. rare commodity, they treat it that it's like valuable. So I'm like, is there a way for social to do that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want them on TikTok at all. Cause yeah. like with all of these crazy TikTok challenges, I mean, Our listeners know, but like, I'm like sitting here, my wrist is achy today, which is annoying because it's been so wet. I had to have massive wrist reconstruction surgery because there was a TikTok challenge going around, I guess, everywhere. But at the time I was in New York and it's, you know, where people were literally like filming, hurting random people on the street. And I could have been dead if I wasn't wearing the right helmet on my electric scooter. And it was like being filmed and my wrist was shattered and that's my livelihood. And so for me, TikTok is just like a never. Yeah, like, I hope yeah. it gets banned in this country because I don't see anything good about it. I mean, I like to repeat the story just as a reminder of the potential dangers that are actually out there because a lot of people like to live in a bubble of like, oh, that could never happen to me. But it's like, yeah. oh, your it kid did. could be the person doing it, you know, and yeah. so I'd love to talk about the TikTok trends and they they seem to go so wrong. So like blackout challenge, there was a Nyquil chicken challenge. Like it gives us parents nightmares. So
0: right. So here's the truth of it, and this is a hard pill for parents to swallow. I get, of course, right, like we're moms, we wanna do everything in our power to protect our children from the ills of the world. And there is this truth that just lives for all of us in being alive human beings, that the reality is we can't actually protect them from, you know, awful things and hurtful things, harmful things, what we can absolutely do. And this is why I love our focus at Jai on values and using the time that we have with our children that's off the mat, right? We're not in conflict about being on TikTok or not. We're not bickering with our siblings. Like we are at the dinner table. Everyone is in a green polyvagal straight state, right? We're laughing. We're connected. We must teach our children values. We must teach our children online safety. We get to have guardrails, right? And when we do that, there can be so much fodder for amazing conversation, especially as kids get older, right? I'm talking like 13 and up, like little kids, it's a different story. But my kids will often come to me and say, wow, mom, I saw this. Actually, Charlotte sent me one yesterday. I just saw this girl on Instagram post this video. It's so sad. You know, if I have a friend going through this, what do I do? What should I say? So it can become a tool for reinforcing and having conversations about the values that will protect them because they're in their bodies when they're out in the world and scary things happen and also scary things are going to happen so
1: i love that but if your kids aren't quite as forthcoming as charlotte Mm -hmm. (laughs) are there any like signs that parents can look out for yeah to try to like to notice that things that might not be going that way and sort of is there there a way to course correct
0: yeah i mean you want to look for withdrawal right we want to be attuned to is this becoming addictive behavior I coached a mom whose teenage daughter was posting pictures that you know none of us would want to see our teenage daughter posting. And to my mind, this young woman was exposing herself to potential sexual trauma, to communities online that, you know, have pedophilia. Like in that case, the phone is gone, right? When we're talking about real safety concerns when there isn't communication happening. That's the job of a parent is how long can the leash go and when do I need to, yeah, they're going to be mad and they're going to scream and slam doors and hate me and I'm okay. And they're okay. And there's no phone anymore. There's no hard and fast. There's no black and white. It's very gray, but we know our kids and when their behavior changes dramatically, it's vital that we start investigating why and what's going on.
2: I love this part of the conversation. I think it's really easy to say in words and then real life application. It's so hard because I watch even, so my kids are, are young, but my mom had a second round of kids. She had two sets of twins with her um, second husband. And so they are my little brothers and sisters, but they're more like nieces and nephews. So I've gotten to watch her parent them in this digital age and it's terrifying by the way, the girls are like cyber bullied and just, everything that goes on is just like exactly what you would be scared of. And they're good kids, you know, they're good kids. But all of that said, the boys in particular, and I have questions about boys cause I got mm-hmm. little ones coming up. They get so withdrawn when they get into their gaming, yeah. but it's hard to tell, like who knows what they're doing down there in their game cave, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, is he depressed or is he just really having a good time eating his Cheetos and playing his online game with his friends? So my question is like parental monitoring is always a hot topic when it comes to social media. Are you a fan of like having the one online computer in the kitchen where everyone can see it, or is like that like a totally antiquated version? And are there any like nifty tools or strategies or even maybe tech applications that you know of?
0: Absolutely. So I have a 17 and 18 year old, full disclosure, right? They're pretty much cooked. So things that applied, you know, six, eight years ago, we don't do anymore. Computer when my son started to get in gaming was in our living room. And that's where he got to play and have his headphones, and we would just deal with it. Uh, We had a family charging station at night until my kids were probably about 14 and 15, where every night, eight o'clock, the phones get plugged in, it's on my desk. They're not going to your rooms, right? Because sleep is important. And right. So boundaries are in place. I highly suggest parental safety guards um, my favorite program is called bark so bark is a program that you put on your kids' phone and your phone when there's a scary word like suicide or sexual conversation you're notified and you know that's good parenting right until they're 18 they are children and we have to monitor it and I could say you know in my own life I've made that call twice to a parent whose child had texted my children self-harming language. And I only knew that because of Bark. Sucks to be the one to make that call. And thank God that we have the ability to do that. So, you know, this is, it's challenging and I would say it's, it's age appropriate. It's what's going on with your child. Um, the thing that I always say to parents is, we have to remember phones and games, they're fun right? Like they feel good. It's how our kids connect. And so one of the best antidotes that we can provide is to make sure that we are also fun, Mm -hmm. right? Like getting our kids out of the house. Uh, We used to have forced family fun Fridays (laughs) and my kids would roll their eyes and they would complain and they want to go with their friends and like, well, forced family fun Friday. And we would go bowl and we would go paint and we would go hike. And it's made such a culture of connection in our family. And that's a great antidote, right? Because if cooking dinner with great music on and everyone's chopping vegetables and you're dancing, they don't need to reach for the phone. Yeah, I love that. Forced Family Fun Fridays, that's amazing.
1: Um, with the eye rolls and everything. Um, yes. Embrace the eye rolls. <laughs> I love it, yeah, yeah, please. My- that should what be if- the name of your next book. Yeah. <laughs> One of my twins started her eye rolls at like three. It's very alarming. You, you touched on when you talked about the calls that you had to make based on the alerts from BARC. And is that B-A-R-K, B-A-R-C? What is it? B-A-R-K, like a, B-A-R-K, like a watchdog. Like a dog. Okay, perfect. So you talked about that, but we hear so much in the news, if you're keyed into it, I guess, about, you know, the suicide rates that correlate with the rise of social media. And that type of dark side of it and mm-hmm. so as a parent if you do start noticing concerning behavior in our kids a i don't know how to know that it correlates with social media because it's like what if it's something in real life what if it's but it's probably something in social because there's far less real life i feel like these days in social but like mm. whether it's aggression withdrawal obsessions like i don't know eating disorder it's it's alarming no matter what the change of behavior is so yeah. Do you have any guidance for parents that you could, you know, say here in short form who see a drastic behavior change and Mm -hmm. how, you know, we can effectively sort of address and navigate these changes to promote healthier habits, more positive relationship between children and even maybe social media, perhaps? Do you have anything there?
0: The first thing that I would say is this is a very complex issue with a myriad of causation. Social media is certainly an aspect of the mental health crisis that is happening with children, but it's not the only factor. And this is why, I mean, from my worldview, and this is a very Kiva stance, parents must do whatever it takes to preserve relational safety, trust, and intimacy with their children too many parents don't actually know what's going on with their kids and i say that with no judgment or shame it's the norm right we're really the first generation of parents that has had to know our children this intimately right like i don't know about you guys but i was kind of like shoved out the door and the bell rang when it was time to come get the food that was left on the counter um so we're in a new normal of parenting and so that old way of like conflict and power over and misunderstandings and conflicts being normative is pushing our children away from us when they need us the most so i like to look underneath the symptom right so we've got this these facts right suicide rates that are rising and alarming 70% 70% of children since the pandemic experienced some kind of mental health crisis, whether it's anxiety, depression, panic attacks. This is pervasive. And the best hope that kids have is for parents to know them so well and to support them and not make them wrong and not expect them to just snap out of it. You know, kids are not celery. We can't just put them in water and expect them to spring back. So that looks like a lot of empathy, a lot of safeguards, definitely professional support. And I say that knowing how hard professional support is to get right now because of the magnitude of the crisis that we're in. But, you know, having a great therapist, life coach, support system for your child and you can really help navigate some of the most frightening moments that we have as parents and i'm trying to think so my miles had just incredible anxiety and panic attacks when he went into high school he went from a really small crunchy farm montessori school to like big public high school he's like an alien on mars and i'm trying to think i think i gave him space for an hour of gaming a day but I was just aware, like I was in that place where like I was going and checking on him at two in the morning. You know, it was scary there for a minute. And that's when we get to be more assertive in our parenting and set firmer boundaries. And then as children recover, we can give them more trust and more freedom and more independence. And so this, again, it, it's, it's a pendulum. It's, it moves, it adapts, it's flexible
2: parenting's hard. It's a good thing there's coaches out there like you. I know truly, you know, there's so much joy, but so much to come down the pike, especially when you look at Heidi and I, moms of just little ones. And it can feel really overwhelming and daunting. But my last question kind of brings it back to the surface, which is let's Take some responsibility ourselves. So, in your opinion, as adults, how could we be more mindful and responsible in our own social media use to set a good example? Because my kids call me out all the time and they're not wrong.
1: Wait, I just need our listeners to know that Kiva was like dancing (laughs) as you're asking this question. She was so excited to answer it. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) I I if like if I could have a bumper sticker printed that I that every parent on the planet would have, it would say, kids. Do as we do, not what we say. Hmm. Right. So you want emotionally intelligent children? Be emotionally intelligent. You want your kids off the phone. Get, get off the phone. Oh, I don't know. Get I clean up twenty
1: four seven. My kids aren't clean. <laughs> I, I don't know about this theory.
0: <laughs> but when they when they are adult, you'll see. You're gonna see because they're gonna come into more and more. Anyway, I could get all distracted. But they're they're watching and they're learning. Believe me. So I digress. Okay, so here's the fact. If we're telling our kids to be off their phones all the time, and we're on it all the time, and they see that our brains haven't fried, we're not dead, um, in your case, Heidi, different story perhaps, but there's this kind of hypocrisy story that starts to build. And that is that erodes trust. So yeah, it is useful anytime our kids are exhibiting a behavior that we wish would change to lovingly and gently hold up the mirror and look at how we are demonstrating that. Are we being true and authentic to the requests for behavior change that we're asking of our children? And then how can we meet them in a place of collaboration, right? So that could sound like a conversation like, hey guys, I just had like the biggest brain forehead slap." And realized i've been telling you you can only have one hour of social media a day and i'm like on it all the time and so how about we create a new family game where every time someone catches somebody on their phone outside of our agreement you get to chase that person around the house right like fun games silliness are the best way to tackle this versus you cannot, you are bad, right? Like let's involve everyone. In our family, we have a secret code word when I'm on the phone. Um, Cause you know, as an entrepreneur while my kids were young and I was always side working, always side working. And then one day they're like, mom, hi, we're here. And so in our family, we say marshmallow. <laughs> marshmallow means like put down your phone right now, but it's not, uh, there's no shame based language in that, right? It's just like marshmallow, okay, putting it down now. <laughs>
2: That's a good one. Love it. That's a really good one. Well, I I don't remember what um day this is going up, but I bet it's coinciding with I just made like an affirmation to my whole family that or like a proclamation that I'm go I'm doing this digital detox and I'm deleting some of the more problematic apps off my phone for one month. And I have a start date and an end date. And I'm going to track it and document it, but share about it with my family and say to them, you know what? Mom's been noticing that like when she sits down and she clicks on YouTube, she's not watching educational videos. She's watching like junk. And mom realized that she wants to protect the energy that goes in through her eyes and her ears, and that's not doing it. So yeah. we're, we're making a change. And I'm excited to do that as much for a demonstration to my family as I am for the effect on myself. And so if that's helpful to anybody out there in our listening audience, maybe join me. I'm at mm-hmm. NYC Bam. We can digital detox together on Instagram. <laughs> so this was really great. Look, I wish we could talk about this all day because I, I think that the, the problems even evolve week by week, right? There's new problems to be had. But I think underscoring it all, it was like, get your kid's ear, share your values, make your family time fun and be the soft place for them to fall. And for that, I thank you for those amazing insights. I want you to, oh, wait, before I get all of your fabulous online details, we always end with a fabulous
1: segment that we call Karma Call. And I hand it over to Heidi. (laughs) Thanks, Jane. Beautiful. So I will explain that Karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So, we ask all of our amazing, inspiring guests, that is you, what is one small actionable item that our listeners could try out for a short period of time that would yield a large result? So, small action, big result. Anything.
0: Anything. Small action, big result. I would say that given this conversation about parenting being so hard, It's important to remember the good parts. And so at the end of each day, just writing three bits of fun you had with your kids that day, three things that went well, to remind yourself that you're doing a great job at something that is incredibly difficult.
2: Hmm.
0: Beautiful. Love
2: it. Attitude of gratitude. It's the underpinning of everything. Before I let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on the interweb? So
0: Instagram and all the socials all the places. We are Jai, which is J-A-I Institute for Parenting. So the website, JaiInstituteForParenting.com. We have an awesome Instagram channel. Uh, me and my girl, Destiny, give incredible peaceful parenting tips and advice there. So I'd start there and follow us. And then you can uh, get my book on Amazon called The Peaceful Parenting Revolution.
2: All right, everybody go out and get that. We should all read that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Hey, don't forget to follow this show. Nope. Don't forget to – how do I say it, Heidi? (laughs) Subscribe? (laughs) Subscribe. That's the word. See, I got to get off YouTube, man. I got like too many social platforms. Subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram. We are Off The Ground Podcast. We'll see you next time.